Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 41 of the Worldwide Knicks podcast. Back at full strength after Rafa missed a week for load management. He's back. Kawhi's in the building, you know. So, uh, what's going on, Rafa? What's going on, Alex? How are you guys doing? I'm good, thanks, man. Good to see Rafa back. It felt a little weird last week, you know, just the two of us. No Tibbs pushback, man. No Tibbs pushback, you know. A little funny thing behind the curtain. As soon as the episode published, Rafa goes in the group chat like, oh, what is this Tibbs love fest that you guys had last week? I know. I I saw it and I thought, I'll I'll find 10 minutes to sit down and read this properly. (laughs) It's not your usual WhatsApp, you know, just these things. It was like a full-on rant. I loved it. Yeah, he, he went Out in, a he bit. Went in yeah. after after you listened to the episode. It was pretty funny. Uh but I'm glad to glad to be back. You were you you guys almost made me crash my car. I was listening in, in the car and I was like, what are these maniacs doing? What are they saying? Uh I'm done with these yeah, guys. Man, <laughs> just 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 wait till we get to coach of the year predictions, Rafa. Oh here we go. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's jump right in. So, real basketball to talk about, guys, which is awesome. The Knicks started off their season two games this past week, uh, going one and one, a loss in overtime against uh, Memphis in Memphis, and won the home opener against Detroit pretty handily. And, you know, if you guys have been listening to us last season, we kind of would go deep dive, break down the games. We're going to try something a little bit different this this time around, and we're going to do key takeaways. So each of us will say something that, they took away from the games this week, and we'll kind of have a quick discussion. So let's start with uh, with Alex. What you got? That first game, I really, when I was watching it, I really forgot. I mean, it was about, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning when it, when I finished up watching it. I've, I've forgotten how stressful it was watching the Knicks, like in, in live meaningful games. I was I was all over the place. By game, by game two, I was, I, I was a bit calmer, so I was a bit more controlled. And to be honest, that that kind of parallels to to how I saw the next play. You know, there was a wee bit all in in game one, a wee bit all over the place. There was definite nerves there. Obviously, RJ shooting was all over the place. Brunson wasn't quite as a calming influence as I had hoped him to be in game one. But the there was loads and loads of pluses as well. The the way that they fought back, the, the adjustments that they made. Robinson looked great. Randall looked great. You know, there was there, there was huge ups and downs. Whereas game two was just so much more controlled, so much more. Yeah, I know the the opposition wasn't wasn't the best, but um, I just loved the calmness and uh, <clears throat> just w- with RJ. I mean, RJ coming into the season was obviously he'd got his new contract. You know, you could argue whether he's the face of the team, he's the best player, so on. How is he going to deal with that pressure and? I think the thing that everybody wanted to see was, you know, the efficiency go up preseason. He looked like he ticked every box. You know, he just he just looked he looked fantastic. You know, and you know when you give any player the bag, you know, you're always worrying that you know they'll go, you know, they'll, they'll lose that that kind of edge that they maybe had uh, when they were fighting for the new contract. And you, you, I mean, we all know we all love RJ, and and we all know that you know he's he's just not built that way and. That preseason, I was just like fantastic. You know, this is so confident going into the season. And to be honest, yeah, the the game one, he, you know, his, his shooting was terrible. I just put that down to you know, it's one game. You saw in game two, I just, I loved the kind of maturity that he dealt with in game two. You know, the points weren't up there into into the twenties, which is what some people just demand from him. But 
just to see the way he was distributing the ball, certainly early on, there was three three assists. He, all three of them were just fantastic passes, you know, whereas last season he might have forced a shot or uh, forced a floater or something like that. And I, I'd just love to see that, you know, and especially from, from such a young player where it's had such a poor game one that, you know, the temptation might have been to, um, you know, to, to keep shooting, to keep forcing shots, just to try and shoot himself out of slump. But he didn't, you know, he was very calm and I was so impressed by him. He really was. And there's some good defensive plays in there. His free throws are looking good as well. He's only missed one, I think, in these first two games. So, yeah, I was I was just so impressed by him. I'm so happy for him after ridiculous criticism he got after game one. So, kind of shut a few people up. So, Music to my ears, man. This is what I, this is what I'm expecting when I'm joining listening to this podcast. Should have taken this week off, Rafa, instead. Yeah, well, yeah. Quickly, um, <laughs> joking, I'm joking. When I was watching that game one, I was thinking to myself, I didn't told anyone because I couldn't bear to speak uh, RJ slander. But I was like, damn it, RJ is in early season form. This is yeah. it. For the next couple of weeks, this is going to be it. But game two, he had a, he had a couple of shots. He was active another way, which is nice to see. And I agree with you. But it also what this game showed me is in the past, if RJ went three of eighteen, you knew you were going to lose. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter. You 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 lost twenty points, thirty points doesn't matter because he's the only guy who can who can shoot. And this game, well, we took Memphis to well to to the well ring of the fight, OT um, three points the uh, at the end too. Yeah, Fournier had a good look in the corner. Apparently, that apparently that shot was a two pointer because he had his foot on the line. But it doesn't matter because we can go into the John Morant play where he fouls and goaltends against Brunson, but it's and it's, it's the as well. That, that, it doesn't matter. It's John Moran. Yeah. He can do everything. Yeah. Star calls, man. That's how that goes. We can look at it that way. We, we can look at it in a way that RJ wasn't, I can't say he wasn't good. He just he was trash. Sorry. He was really, really bad that first game. Brunson had a few spots, mainly in the third quarter. Omar's going to love this, but if it wasn't for Julius Randle, we mm. wouldn't be in that in that game. It's it's absolutely true. You can talk Makes about you wonder if he didn't foul out, what would have happened there, right? You know, he fouls out early in the OT. moment. Yeah, the moment he fouls out because he fouls out, RJ tries a couple of shots, misses them. Shots that it's like, okay, it's not your day today. Stop trying, like hitting every part of the rim and rimming out. So stop trying, and he actually did stop trying. Brunson was, as I mentioned, Brunson wasn't as effective. RJ wasn't as effective, and we still got a close game. So we have options now which is uh it's good it you you're looking at uh, uh our team oh Rendell's there but it's still Brunson so we get it, gotta keep him in check so it's not just the two guys trying to carry the Knicks we, we I like the way we played basically yeah I mean when you look at RJ the fact was for me was they're good looks he was playing within the lo- the structure of the offense they just weren't dropping you know and that happens you know you see Steph Curry have nights like that. You know, not saying RJ Steph Curry, but you know the the greatest players have just bad shooting nights. It, it happens. Unfortunately, it seems to be to your point, Alex, from earlier, or from Rafa earlier, is that 
you know, this is early season RJ, you know, whatever, you know, where he always struggles to find the offense. But I feel like he he didn't lose confidence. He was still showing effort defensively. Uh, obviously, you know, the game against Detroit, it was a game where everything went right. You know, everybody looked great. But, yeah, I think that even though statistically didn't look great from Brunson, his stabilizing force is just so obvious, right? You're seeing what it means to have, like, a leader, floor general, true point guard, whatever you want to call it, you know, in this offense, running this offense, and he's really just commanding the respect of the of his teammates. Everybody's bought in, it seems like. RJ's bought in, and even though he was missing shots, he was still, again, operating within the flow of the offense. Um, so zero you know, turnovers, yeah, zero yeah. turnovers in two games, which is massive. Okay. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And to what you guys are saying about the free throws, you know, from RJ, especially that was a big pain point. He's making better decisions when he's driving, uh, adjusting his body to finish better, looking for the pass, and uh, things of that nature. So I was overall, despite the poor shooting night against Memphis. Overall, pretty happy with uh, RJ so far this year in terms of how he's operating within the offense. I know that was a concern that a lot of us had. You know, you're bringing in Brunson, you still have Julius here, and you have RJ who's looking to be an ascending type player who just got paid. How are you going to, you know, distribute the ball and make keep everybody happy? And so far, they seem like they're doing it. Obviously, very young in the season, but, you know, we're uh, on the right track. Absolutely, man. And this uh, was what I was mentioning kind of ties up to well to my point of the of this week which is a competitiveness that we have in our roster well right now because as you said beginning Detroit everybody showed up again against Memphis Cam Reddish of all people showed up dead and buried Cam Reddish plays like that and now he's back from the dead again and what I I took from that game from that first game is that when when uh Julius fell out, like you you mentioned, Omar. Cam was the one taking in the fourth spot, mm-hmm. the number four. So it's like, wait a minute, there's another option for number four for to play at the four. Yeah. This is intriguing. So people started talking. At least I started, or you know, and I started thinking as well. Okay, maybe this we we kind of need to stop looking at this as a, a Grimes Fournier Cam fight, and maybe throw in not only Obi. But quickly, because mm-hmm. if quickly that first that game one was uh, in that the, the the last preseason games he wasn't uh, great, let's call it like this. And but the, then the game against uh, Detroit, well the shots were falling, and when quickly shots are falling, he's he's in a pool, man. He's he can do whatever he wants. And but this competitiveness. I think it can bring uh, well this from the players. Like, okay, we need to to play it every game. We need to bring it so we can have a, a spot in the rotation, or it can have the effect that, that that added pressure of having to perform, trying to do too much. And Alex alluded that, that um, especially in the preseason, that Cam was was playing a little bit selfishly, and which is understandable. So he was trying to fight for that spot and everything. But that game one, he he wasn't selfish, and things came to him. So maybe that's a, a it, it's a, a good thing that he uh, got it in a different way when, that he was trying. I'm afraid also that the other players can be a bit selfish as well in terms of no, I I want it. I'm not passing the ball. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. 
I'm not buying into the the the, the quickly the quickly conversation around him that he's icing uh, Cam Reddish. It's yeah, I don't buy into that either. I, yeah. It's it's quickly, man. It's it's not. A, I'm not knocking on Emmanuel quickly. It's like if he if his shot is falling, he only sees the the basket. He sees nothing else. Sometimes Obi on the break, but right. nothing else. You all, we all know about this this shot selection that quickly has. It's sometimes, hey, he hits one, hits two. Oh, there goes the logo three that he misses. We all know this. He's a heat shots check are guy. Falling. That's what he is. Yeah. Ex- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's him. And it's obviously the shots are falling after a couple of games where he was uh, probably his confidence was getting a little bit chuck. It was good for him to have that that game. So, I hope it brings this from players more than the the the, the negative part from the uh, the competitiveness. What do you guys think? Well, we kind of went in a bit hard on on Cam in the last pod, and but I mean, one of the things that we did mention was, that, you know, that there is a place there for him. You know, to back up RJ, I think we don't really have a backup three. Uh, I think he's perfect for that spot. But I also think, and I mentioned this last week as well, that um, I think it's it's almost the best thing for him that he's in that position, like an eleventh and twelfth best player on the roster because he needs something to fire him up and and whether that whether that worked uh, this week or not it's given him that extra bit of fight a little extra bit of competitiveness to, to kind of earn his spot then I, th- I think that that's that, that's going to be great great for the team I think um I think you're quite right about uh, IQ and that you know if if everybody's healthy then then you know he could end up you know, kind of losing minutes more than he's not. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be like kind of odd man out, but I think he's going to struggle, struggle for getting the kind of minutes that a lot of people want him to get. I mean, when when there was the Donovan Mitchell trade, when it was clear that you know Utah wanted young players, you know he he did seem like the obvious choice for me. And I know maybe the Knicks were were trying to throw in other pieces, but um, you know once we'd got Brunson and, and Rose and uh, you know, we were pretty set point guard. You know, we had Grimes, who obviously the Knicks wanted to keep. Uh, we didn't seem to be able to shift Fournier. IQ did seem to be a little bit on the outside. But, you know, it never happened. You know, Tibbs does seem to like uh, IQ. And, I, I, you know, I like him as well. But I'm, I've am i gone over this so many times. But just very briefly, it, to me, it just I, I don't really see the problem with him in the role that he's in at the moment. I think he's a brilliant high impact player. You know, he's 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 such high energy that he comes off the bench, he gives the whole place a lift, he gives the crowd a lift. He suits that kind of, you know, kind of rampaging style, you know, with him and uh, you know, Obi dovetailing and in, in the transition and things like that. I don't think he really suits like a, a kind of half court game, you know, in a starter position. And somebody mentioned, I think it may have been Stacey on 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 Twitter, that that uh, you know, I one of IQ's kind of things is his his adaptability and in different positions. Why do we need to pigeonhole him as a point guard or a shooting guard? Or but that's again like a, to me that's a you know a role player coming off the bench. You know you you know different situations. Tips is like right, okay, I need you to cut you know come in and work in point guard, I need you to come in and do this, that, you know, in different positions, different situations. So, you know, w- there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and he's, 
I think he's 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 the he's the perfect kind of player for that for that role. And I think to be honest, Obi might be as well. Uh, I don't know why we're getting obsessed with trying to trying to kind of shoehorn him into the into the starting lineup because I think I think he's perfect where he is. But whether um, with Brunson coming in, let's say he's just going to lose those minutes. We'll just need to see how Grimes comes back as well. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. But you know, I'm 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 not on one side of the fence or the other with with IQ. I, I just I just kind of like him as he is. And I don't. He's he's still got a, good, a couple of years left on his deal. Let's just uh, let's just see what we've got him. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to your original point, Rafa, just about there's a lot. There's only a finite amount of spots in Tom Thibodeau's rotation, right? And these players are going to be competing for those spots. And uh, we were talking earlier in the day, guys, about Cam if he is able to sustain this capable play and. Now I'm going to talk about Julius in a second here. And if Julius is able to sustain his level of play, you know, you start to have a conversation like, well, if you really are playing Julius 35 plus minutes a night and you just need somebody to spot fill in that four and Cam shows an ability to do so effectively, it creates a very interesting dilemma for the front office. Um, when it comes to IQ, uh, I think I'm higher on IQ than both of you guys are to be honest, and which is okay. You know, it's all good to have differing opinions. I I see a player that's going to be around in the league for a long time, because if you can shoot, you can stick around this league for a long time. And I, I, I see a player who can play both guard positions at a pretty good level, offensively and defensively. He's not really a liability. Uh, but, you know, it's a make or miss league, like that commercial says. And if you miss a lot of your shots, you know, you're, you're not going to get minutes. So, you know, it's on him you know, ultimately, right. Um, with Grimes still kind of hurting, I think he's going to miss this next game against Orlando as well with his foot injury, which is starting to concern me guys a little bit. It's just a little bit more serious than we've been led to believe, um, which if you're Cam Reddish, I mean, this is the golden opportunity, right? At the very least, you show that you're a capable player in the league and get traded to get more minutes with a tanking team, right? Uh, just if you're not going to get the long-term minutes here in New York, but I think the the end result here is going to be really interesting because, you know, last year it was all about, man, the starters suck. We got to get this bench unit in. And but now this year, it seems like the starters are a lot more competent than they were last year because you have good point guard play and they're, they're all playing with each other. You know, Mitch is looking like the best offensive rebounder in the league, uh, according to Tom Thibodeau. So I think like that, that kind of excuse kind of goes out the window where it was like anything the bench does is great. These guys are awesome. There's no fault. But now you can start looking at them a little with a little bit, I think, of a keener eye where you're like, OK, guys, you know, when you come in, you've got to maintain what was going on with the starters. You've got to, you know, there is no chucking up a bunch of random shots and missing. There isn't any playing loose and having a lot of turnovers. Or else you're going to have somebody like Deuce McBride, somebody like Cam Reddish take your spot. So it's where minutes are earned type thing. So I think that's going to be something um, super interesting to watch moving forward. My takeaway, though, guys, from these first two games was, you know, music to my ears personally, of course, was a rejuvenated new man, Julius Randle. Like, this isn't the same guy from last year, guys. I think we we can, like, there are moments where he has a, like, a moment where he kind of thinks about doing some ISO stuff. But 
I think overall he has really transformed the way he's played his game to kind of tailor himself as the not no longer being the lead ball handler on a on a team, which was never the right fit for him in terms of a play style. You know, it, we were just talking about Cam. Cam is kind of like that too, where when he just gets downhill and could get to the basket, he's super effective. Julie's the same way. You know, his his threes have been catch and shoot. He's been rebounding the ball well. He's been defending pretty well. Uh, there were a couple moments, like I think, Rafa, you and I were talking about, like a moment where he didn't want to catch a foul in the, in the Pistons game that looked like low effort. Uh, but overall, yeah. I think the defense has been there. The play decision-making and the passing has been incredible as well. You know, he's been making the right reads, making the right decisions, a willing roller to the basket. I've been incredibly impressed with Julius so far. And if he can maintain this, I mean, this, this team might be able to do something because it really feels like I thought about this the other day, you know, where uh, I think I was watching, I can't remember which broadcast I was watching, uh, but it might have been the game against Memphis, which was an ESPN broadcast. They were kind of talking about, oh, this team doesn't really have any superstars. So it's kind of like a group collective effort. And it kind of reminds me of like those Nuggets teams post Carmelo trade, where you had a lot of good yeah. players, but not great players. And, uh, you know, those teams, you know, made it to the playoffs, got into the first round. They would occasionally win the series. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I would I would sign up for that right now, you know, just to – I'd sign up for a fucking playoff series win, 50 wins or 40 – high 40 win total to get to the postseason. Uh, that's just where we're at as a franchise right now. I guess what did uh, what did you guys think about uh, Julius's play uh, first couple games? Just I'd, I'd sign up just for the playoffs in general. Right, you know, exactly. I think exactly. I think it's going to be. I think we'll get onto season predictions later, but I, I think if if we if we could guarantee a playoff spot in some shape or form um, this year, that would be that'd be nice. Just to kind of get back to almost forget about last year and just just to kind of get ourselves back into a nice nice groove again. Just just on, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more about Randall. Like he's. He was especially in that first game. Um, he was just fantastic. I, I loved everything he did. He, very strange stat from from the Pistons game was he got no no assists. It was bizarre. I mean, but he was still he's still playing very controlled, making the right read as you said, and doesn't seem to be obsessed with trying to get the points on the board now. I don't know if that's just as you said, he's been taken away from that that kind of leading role in the team. Which we all we're all just so desperate to see take that off his shoulders, do you know, and that might, you know, take away the spotlight on him, take away all the nonsense that happened with the fans last year, and just mm. just get back to playing basketball and and playing it playing it effectively, which we know he's capable of. He's I think people forget that that he's a very, he's a very good player, you know, an all round player. He can defend if he wants to, and he's a great passer as you mentioned, and you know just. He's, he's, he just seems to be, you know, just kind of calm and composed now. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe he's got over the baby baby blues. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's getting more sleep. I don't know. Um, and he's been talking about just whatever it takes to win. Like that's been a soundbite yeah. that he's had in a couple of interviews yeah. so far already. But I think he's really bought into it. You know, he, he knows he's gotten his money and he knows that he's, what he has to do for this team to win it's not all on him. He doesn't have to be like Allen Iverson on the Sixers, you know, do it all by himself. He has guys like RJ and Brunson and Fournier who could hit shots, who can make plays. And, you know, it's good to see him bought into that for sure. Well, just that, that player Tribune article he did a couple of years ago, 
you know, where he just, he seemed to take so much, you know, it wasn't all about me. It's, you know, there was so much in that that you admire and he, and he, and he seems to have got back to that now, you know, and I think possibly the all-star, the all-NBA, the, just the spotlight being the leader in the team, everything just got to him. Um, the pressure got to him. And last year was just a bit of a, bit of a mixture of, you know, everything just building up and building up and, and, um, you know, the fans back in the building, the, the hype of the playoff run, everything just as he got too much from. Um, and he just seems to settle back down into, into a nice role in the team now. And certainly as well, just to see the camaraderie between him and, and RJ especially seems to be great as well. How great was that headbutt into RJ's chest <laughs> in the Memphis game, by the way? That's hype, man. That's hype. I love that. That was great. I loved some of the replies to your Twitter post, Rafa, about, you know, you know, taking taking you seriously. I need a sarcasm right sign. <laughs> I need a sarcasm sign. Oh my that god! Great, that was um, you were talking about how the, the fans reacted to Randall and everything. We, and we mentioned this many many times about how people turned on Randall after playoff series. Just look at Twitter. Look at social media. Talking about Aaron Judge, and I am not a baseball guy. But the guy broke a record for home runs in a season. He struggles in a couple of playoff games, and people are booing him in the stadium. What is what is what is wrong with New York fans? It's, no, it's, it's a simple this question. This is not long enough to talk about what is wrong with the New York City fan base. Yeah, well, I know there's I know. a lot it's wrong a with this episode. <laughs> but it's just to the point. Like a guy carries you to the playoffs. He is struggling a bit. Like. Rest of the team struggled from what from what I read, and so but now he sucks and he's getting booed because yes, he just had an amazing season. Why not boo the guy who carried us, just like they booed Julius Randle? And it, it was crazy that people were actually booing Julius Randle first game at Madison Square Garden. I was like, what are we doing? I mean, the guy the thing, obviously, right? you know, it's like you're either Team Randle or Team Toppin. And most of the fan base is team topping because he dunks the ball. I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's, I'm like my pro Julius Sanders showing here, but you know, it is what it is. No, but it's true. It's like the, it's the same battle now between Cam and Quickly. Like it sides battles. Like, please, it's the, the team needs to, to win, not your favorite player. Mm -hmm. uh, if it, it helps if your favorite player is RJ Barrett. So, yeah. Um, I, think, I, think, I think, Rafa, with that, there's a lot of. It's something in Twitter, in the Twitter place. I nearly said Twitter space there, but that, that's another thing. That you know, people just want to be right as well, and they want to show sh want to show Twitter that they're right. And oh, yeah, and they'll, they'll just nitpick any tiny stat or any tiny thing just to build their agenda against something, and just so that they can quote tweet something from way back saying, "Look, I was right." That's that. So to some people, I'm that's important. It's the yeah. freezing cold takes uh, effect, right? You know, that, that one Twitter <laughs> account, freezing, freezing cold takes. You know, that's just kind of like, I always, everybody wants to be right. You know, it's not about, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be about that. Like, I always like look at it as like, when you get new information, your opinion will change, you know? And, mm -hmm. and but people are always like, oh, you said three years ago that this so-and-so and so. And I was just like, can we not? Can, can we just stop that? You know, that, that would be fantastic. No, it's it's humans don't accept that. But Julius play, Julius display. It's well, it's been a breath of fresh air, basically, with this team, and I think it's 
not only the the well, it's especially the Brunson effect, but it's also the effect of people looking at RJ Barrett in a different light as well after last season. Alex, you mentioned Randall had no assists. Yeah, he didn't have assists, but RJ Barrett showed, and we talked about this already, that the playmaking uh, area of RJ Barrett has showed up. So people need to con be concerned. Okay. And um, Julius Randle doesn't, he doesn't have the ball. He won't pass, but he can still score. RJ can pass the ball as well. He can score. So there's other people to pay attention to. And uh, I mean, he's been overlooked and a, a bit of shout out to Evan Fournier who has been, well, he's fighting. He's fighting for to, not to get traded from New York. Mm -hmm. This is all I say. He's fighting. He's trying to, he's scrappy. On defense, that's Fournier. I've accepted it. No, 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 no point in losing uh, more more hairs and with f thinking about Fournier can defend better. It's Fournier, but he he's trying. And what I see is people are people the well whoever's on the floor are reacting way quicker to open up space, even if a double team comes to to Randall. As soon as the double team comes, Randall, I've seen him uh, react quicker. And the players around them as well, running around, just hey, I'm open, I'm open. Pass the ball, pass safely the ball. So that's that's the big thing, right? He's, yeah. he's looking to make that pass. He's looking. Last exactly. year it was all about ah shit, another double team. Let me do a double clutch, weird midi, or let me do a step back three, or whatever the case may be, you know. And exactly. And this year he's like, there's even a couple times where there's moments where he should have taken the shot and he still passed it off to get a better shot, you know. So. I mean, that's growth. That's maturity by Julius. And I hope it's not just a, you know, a, a couple game thing that he sustains it throughout uh, the regular season. With that out of the way, guys, I, you know, it's the beginning of the regular season. Figured uh, we like to make ourselves look like idiots on here all the time. So let's do it again and make some yes. predictions. Predictions. So uh, we'll make some NBA predictions and we'll make some Nick specific predictions. So let's start with the NBA. So I guess who's coming out of each conference in your guys' opinions? Uh, Alex, who you got coming out of the West and the East? Now, I, I posted mine the other day, so you guys have had a couple of games to to kind of to change yours, okay? But I had the Sixers Bucks in, in, the, the, in the East Finals, okay. um, which <laughs> the way the Sixers it still happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way the sixes have started, they've looked pretty terrible. But um, so yeah, I I would say the Bucks are coming out the coming out the East, and it's obviously not not putting myself out there with that prediction. But I, I'm gonna go for a bit of a shocker with the West, and I'm gonna say the Nuggets. That's uh, so I've I've got the Nuggets v Clippers in 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 the West Finals, um, uh, with the Nuggets. Sneaking it, but then the Bucks, Bucks winning it all. Okay, awesome. That's interesting, interesting, interesting. Just think, just think the Nuggets, the, the Nuggets have obviously got Murray and and um, Porter Michael Jr. Porter, man, Porter. Man, the health is such a concern. You know, he's yeah, got to yeah. be able to stay healthy. That's, but yeah, I like the pick though. I I, I like the Nuggets this year. Right, we got Murray, right. man. He's he's been injured so long. It's uh, it's, right, right. Yeah, you forgot about it. Right? How is he? Re how's he? How is he returning to the team? Well, I'm looking at the looking at the Western Conference. I have the uh, speaking of another return into the league, Kawhi Leonard. It's like to me, if he's healthy, he's playing 100. percent He's the best player in the league. 
It's it's what I think. So if he comes in, Paul George maintains the level he had last year because he, everybody's saying Paul George was done. But if he can uh, keep that level, if Kawhi Leonard comes out strongly, I think the Clippers may take the Western Conference. I would love, I will, I will love to see that conference finals between Clippers and Golden State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my prediction, basically. So and the Clippers, and as much as it pains me in the East right now, looking at the teams and how they're playing and what happened last year as well, even with all the the, the controversy surrounding that, this team. Uh, I'll say that the, the Celtics will come out of the East. And that this pains me so much to say this, like a dagger right in my heart. But I can see Clippers and Celtics in the final. Celtics maintain their core, even if the, the, the coach got, well, worked up with other extracurricular activities. But Great word choice there, Ralph. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't see, well, the Bucks will be all, they're fighting. The Nets are a big question mark. Because what is Simmons? What is Kyrie? What if a new flu comes in and Kyrie doesn't want to play? It's like, it's it's not easy. It's the Celtics and the, the Clippers for me. No, no point continuing. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm probably going to kind of, I guess I'm mirroring both of you guys here in my East. I think it's going to be Bucks celtics in the conference finals. I got the Bucks going to the finals, I think. You know, you're talking about Kawhi, uh, Rafa, to me. Giannis is the best player in the league and the best player in the league gets to the finals a lot of the time. So uh, I think the, the East, you know, while is, you know, a little bit more competitive now, you got Donovan Mitchell at the Cavs, for example, but I don't know. I still, I still feel like the Bucks are uh, the cream of the crop there. And to Alex's point, not really uh, stretching any limbs there, you know, picking the Bucks to get to the finals, but uh, that's what I got. Um, I also have a surprise in the West. I actually got the, uh, the Mavs going to the finals this year. I think uh, Luca figures it out, and uh, the acquisition of Christian Wood proves to be a good one. And uh, I think they'll they'll beat the Warriors in the conference finals. Uh, that's so that's my uh, my prediction. You know the the Mavericks will figure it out, and uh, you know we'll be uh, we'll be in good shape. All right, so let's uh, move on to Knicks. Yeah, man. You know I had to throw that in there. Uh, let's move on to most valuable player, Alex. Who you got? Well, maybe maybe kind of aligning with my uh, Sixers predictions, I think they might give it to Embiid this year. He's kind of he's he's come close a couple of times. Uh, I don't think they'll give it to to Giannis or or Jokic again. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a good bet for it. Um, obviously, the health with Embiid's always a worry, but only when he's on his game, he's 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 pretty much impossible to stop, and he's. He's such an all-round player as well, a little bit like Jokic. You know, he can he can do. He doesn't really have a, a kind of weak part of his game. Um, I mean, at least you could you can nitpick with Yanis uh, with regards to his, his shooting. But I mean, Embiid's not the greatest shooter in the world, but he's got he's got a good he's got a good mid-range game at least. But yeah, I, I like him if he can stay healthy for MVP. I am I'm a bit torn torn this with this one because. I think there's a lot of candidates race this year. To me, it would be Jokic as well. Jokic is always a candidate to, to win it, but it's, uh, you, you know the NBA. It, 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 it sounds dumb to me. If you play three years in a row, you're the best player. Yeah, the, the third time you don't win it. Let's give it to yeah. someone else. It's uh, So it's kind of dumb to me. So I mean, we'll, we'll figure. So I, I, I bet Jokic doesn't win it. Um, I can see them... Even if they don't reach the, the conference finals or anything, 
if Durant continue, carries that team, the, the Nets, to a, a play a good play, a good seating and everything, if he carries that team, he might be in, in contending to win that MVP. If not, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Jason Tatum could could get it. Like if the Celtics, if I'm predicting the Celtics can continue to grow. Tatum plays out of his mind. I think he's a great candidate to win it. Yeah, I mean, if they uh, if they end up being like a top two or three seed in the East without their head coach, and he's you know putting in performances like I think the other night, you dropped forty. You, it's hard to say no, right? Like Alex, I'm going to align this with my Western Conference prediction. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Luca winning the MVP. Uh, I just think like last year was like the coming out party, getting to the conference final. And I just think it's uh, it's this is the year where he kind of takes over the league. Um, so I think everybody's kind of been waiting for it, right? Been waiting for Luca to kind of really come in and dominate. Uh, and I think this is the year he does it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, just kind of dark horse candidate, if they like end up winning a bunch of games and he stays healthy. Zion, you know, that could be a potential thing, you know, where he would at least get some MVP votes. So it's something to kind of monitor there, uh, I think. On your lookout thing, I, I think it's a good shout. That I just, I, something about that Mavs team, I just, I just, I, not, that, not that last season was a fluke in any way, but I don't think they've got any better. Obviously, they've lost Brunson. Um, I don't think Wood's, not a huge fan of Wood. I know he puts up, you know, good box score numbers, but... He has his flaws as well. Um, I, I just, I just don't like a lot of the. I think a lot of the players overachieved last year, and I feel like if you, you know, if if Doncic picks up an injury at all, then yeah, you know, they could really struggle. They kind of keep that going, but you know, if they can get far, or at least have a good regular season record, then yeah, you've got to look at him as it's pretty much all him. You know, with Embiid, he's got a Harden there, so people might say, well. Some of that's to do with Harden. So, but with Luca, I think it's pretty much all on him. So, if he if they do well, then yeah, I think that's a great shoot. For sure. All right, let's move on to Rookie of the Year. Back over to you, Alex. Uh, well, again, I'm not not stretching myself here, but you know, Bankero's looking looking pretty special. So, um, I think he's. I think uh, I think this could be a pretty straightforward one this year, to be honest. Uh, Keegan Murray started well. Um, Jaden Ivey's looking pretty good. Um, obviously, Chet's injured. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, unless somebody comes from nowhere, I, th- I think it's probably his to lose. No yeah. mention of Matherin. Matherin, how do you I say love it? Matherin. I, lo- I love Matherin. He's been playing, um, he's been playing pretty good. Pretty in- Yeah, since I just don't... People- I, I think he's going to... Because they, that team's going to be so bad that I think, you know... That's that's gonna count against them a little bit. Well, so the Pistons are going to be tr- trash as well, but the people have them making the playoffs. Okay, so rookie of the year. I mentioned him. I can see Matherin win rookie of the year out of nowhere because it's it's the guy who's people people aren't expecting him. Like you're you're wanting you're wanting Bonchero to to do something, Ivy to do something because they well the Knicks wanted to trade for him as well. So there's that. that uh, Think around him. Matherin's been playing pretty good numbers. Playing alongside Alberton can help them. Can help him surely. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets him. If he gets the rookie of the year. Yeah, I um I like Matherin to win a lot as well. But just to be different, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, throw in uh, Jabari Smith into the mix here. I think he'll get good opportunity. It's for me. Rookie of the year is about the opportunity, right? 
Like it doesn't matter who's going to end up being having the better career if you're not getting chances to play. Like Johnny Davis isn't going to see the court that much, for example, this year. So he, you know, he's Don't not. Don't keep even reminding me. Don't keep reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think Jabari, he kind of slots in. He replaces Christian Wood. We were just talking about him in Houston, and I think uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunity to put up some numbers. Uh, but it, I, I honestly think, to your point, Alex, this could be kind of one of those chalk years where, where you know, the one of the top three guys ends up getting it. So. You know, we'll see uh, how that shakes out. But it seems like this, uh, I mean, this rookie class is going to be pretty interesting. But I do like uh, like the the pick of Matherin there quite a bit, Rafa. Thank right. you. Yeah, I mean, just to on that point, it's like when you're on the tanking team, you know, it's just like you're going to get chances. You know, he's going to get shots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just a matter of what he's going to do with it. Let's go to uh, Coach of the Year. Alex, what you got for that? Again, maybe just uh, maybe – picked this name just to, to kind of align a little bit with my uh, season predictions. But yeah, I'd like to see uh, Mike Malone get it. Uh, I think Mike Malone's been a very underrated coach for quite a number of years now. And if he can kind of get them over the hump a little bit, say to the, even the conference finals, yeah, why, why not? I think they could have a, they, they could end up having a, at least a regular season a little bit like the, the Jazz and the the Suns have been having, you know, um, they might fall short in the playoffs, but I, th- I think I could see him. Yeah, I think he, he'd have to be right up there. Well, seeing since as the the Celtics have uh, no head coach, <laughs> uh, I need to go to the other conference, Tyron Lue with the Clippers. It's a good one. Yeah. So I think I mm-hmm. think they're I think they're gonna have a great season. I think they're gonna and Kawhi wants to come in and proves that he still ha- has it and he's not. So I think they're gonna have to, they're gonna win the the the, the West uh, regular season and gonna go to the conference finals into the finals. So Tyrone Lou. Do you know? I think there might be a little bit of they might rest Leonard throughout the season, save him from the playoffs a little bit. Maybe the regular season record might not be might not be pushing for that quite so much. Possibly. I think he's he wants to pr- prove himself. He wants to play. So he wants to, to show him everybody. Yeah, Kawhi's a strange bird, man. You know, you never know with him. Mm. You know, he, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, I know ever since his experience <laughs> with the Spurs medical staff, he's been very leery about stuff like that and likes to, you know, manage his his uh, appearances a little bit. I'm going to kind of go with a one out of a little bit of left field here. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, JB Bickerstaff on the Cavs, and I think if they take a leap, uh, by leap I mean top four seed in the East. Now that they've acquired Donovan Mitchell, I think he'll get consideration for that. Um, you know, obviously, kind of like a Tibbs situation when he won it a couple years ago. You know, you get a team that you know was towards the bottom, and now they're kind of elevated into a upper into a first round uh, home playoff series. So if they perform. I could see JB Bickerstaff winning Coach of the Year. He was already getting a lot of kudos and respect last year for what he was able to do with the Cavs and get them to the playing game. And uh, so if they take that next step, I think he might be rewarded uh, coach of the year. I love, I love the fact you mentioned tips and coach of the year. You're welcome. I did it just for you, honestly. Uh, (laughs) All right. So let's round out our NBA portion here with the surprise team in each conference. Alex, here you go. Well, you just mentioned them there. I think the Cavs have certainly uh, got an opportunity to do something, you know, and, yeah, I mean Mitchell's Mitchell's already. I don't know if you've seen much of the Cavs uh, first couple of games, but Mitchell's looking pretty pretty special. And like yeah. Mitchell. 
<laughs> yeah, I think if those four players click, which there's absolutely no reason they shouldn't, um, I think they could have a pretty good season. So, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I really like I like, really like Bickerstaff as well. Um, they've got a good they've got a good bench as well, good backups. Yeah, I could I could really see them doing something. That top four, us, you know, has to be a target. I know a lot of people have gotten kind of penciled in, kind of six seven range, but there's absolutely no reason why they can't push on to the to the top four. So yeah, I'd like I, I like them in the East. Uh, I probably should have saved the the Nuggets for this for this spot to be honest, but I don't so I don't know. If that's, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's is that cheating by having them twice. Um, but if it's somebody if it was somebody other than the Nuggets. If the Timberwolves kind of get it together, you know, um, you know, I love Ant Edwards. I think he's he's got superstar written on him. I think, and if Gobert and Towns can click, then yeah, I, I don't see why not. They they can do something in the in the West. So yeah, I'll go with them then. If I'm not allowed the Nuggets, oh, I'll pick the Lakers. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I I'm torn between two teams, and this two, two teams that will be better than people expect them to be the pelicans it's a good one yeah i think the pelicans can be a really tough team to beat in the west i think they can get playoffs and, and pass the first round as well It'll be a tough a tough matchup and the other one is an intriguing one but we mentioned it the blazers because well they still have lillard and their team is not that terrible it's not that um how do you say it? Not that the uh, Wimbanyama esque trying to the, not all tank. in on the tank yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lillard doesn't look like a tank commander, so I don't know. But Lillard, he's happens. one of those guys. It's not in his DNA to lose games. He he, he isn't. He's not yeah. about that. Yeah. So I'm torn between the Pelicans and the Blazers, but I'll pick the Pelicans. Okay. I think they're gonna they're gonna turn a few heads. Don't know if you don't know if you knew, but you know the Pelicans have the Lakers first round pick swap for next year. So can you imagine the Lakers bomb as much as they're bombing right now and the Pelicans get another top pick? It's crazy. Westbrook's fault. <laughs> Rafa, did you pick a team in the East? I'm sorry. Uh oh the the East. No, I forgot. It was each conference. The East man. The East is um well we, we know what people the teams are uh going to be but maybe uh people are kind of there's regard there's regarding hit the bradley beal with the, and the wizards i'll probably say the wizards are going to make uh, a better push for the playoffs than uh people are expecting okay i would say the knicks as well but it seemed kind of biased yeah, yeah i think we're we're all three of us are willingly omitting the knicks from this this topic for me in the west uh just me- echoing what you had mentioned alex i think the timberwolves have a chance to do something here Rudy Gobert, the way he plays defense, helps you win a lot of games. Ask Utah, you know, and uh, it seems like they're they're all in on the formula that Utah had. So don't be surprised if they sneak in five, six seed. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all uh, with the Wolves taking that next step uh, in the maturation with Edwards uh, and, you know, and Cat as well as part of that core with Gobert. Uh, in the East, I mentioned the Cavs already. Uh, I think they might be taking a leap, but I'll I'll kind of take them out of the running here because I mentioned them earlier. I, I kind of like maybe on the lower end of the spectrum, we just played them. I think the like if they figure a couple things out, the Pistons could compete for the 10 seed. Uh get to the play in. I mean, I, I don't know. I just like the East is kind of weird to me because like the Bucks are good, the Celtics are good, 
the Hawks are probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's like you look up and down. Like you're, the Nets are kind of like the great unknown. Philly's off to a terrible start, but they'll figure it out. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I like these young players that Detroit has. I think that they could, you know, win a few games down the down the stretch here once Jalen Duran kind of gets used to the NBA game. Um, I don't know. I say, defensively, they're so bad though, Omar. That which just, yeah is yeah. what what you need Duran to kind of get acclimated quickly to the game. You it, know, I mean, he's, he's eighteen. No, I mean. He's asking a, a lot. He, yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I can see the it. Young, youngest player in the league or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He turns 19 in November next month. It's, it's crazy. No, they said he was 18 on the broadcast. I'm like, well, there's no way that's 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 right. So like, mm-hmm. I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, it is right. <laughs> I was so, like, he's yeah. actually 18. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably a little bit on uh, you know, a little going out on a limb there. But I don't know. I just feel like. You know, Bagley had a pretty good rejuvenation of his career year last year. Once he gets back from injury, I think that could help them as well. But defensively, they it is a concern, you know. But, you know, when you look at, like, the Hornets last year made the play-in, you know, they weren't particularly good defensively either. So, you know, Alex is just, like, very disappointed in my prediction right there. It's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not a massive Cade fan as well, so. Oh, uh, you see, I think that's the difference, right? Because you know, I'm, like, I'm really big on Cade. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. Not, like – you know, not yeah. number one pick superstar, but I think he'll make a couple all-star teams when it's all said and done. Now that everybody's gotten through us talking about the general NBA, let's get into the Knicks specifically. So this is where we all looked like fools last year, <laughs> myself especially. 50 uh, wins. Hey, man, you know, uh, <laughs> what do we think the uh, the record is going to be for the team this year? I'll say 45 wins. You got 45? Yeah. Okay. 45 wins. I'm trying to remember last year who was the highest and who was the. I think I was the lowest. I was the highest. I said fifty, and I believe you were. I the said lowest. forty-five. I think something maybe? like that. Yeah, we're all in that forty-five to fifty. Kind yeah, of I said forty-eight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking forty-two. 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 Yeah. I'm going for. Uh, I'm gonna, I guess, be the optimist here a bit. Uh, well, not really. No, Rock said forty-five. I, I think. I think forty-three. You know, you. My thing is they won 37 games without a real point guard. You add Jalen Brunson, that should at least give you five or six more wins. So that's my logic. 43 uh, wins on the year uh, for, lo- for the next. Yeah, so, that was my logic too, Omar. Yeah, yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm expecting Julius Randle to play better as well. So that's why I mm-hmm. push it to 45. How funny, guys, yeah. would it be if Julius won most improved player again? <laughs> don't 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 push me on most improved player because that's the dumbest I, award I hate of the, the NBA. Yeah, it, it's like dude, they, they ruined the award. Characterize it, yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. Look, look, just see it. How Zion will win the most improved this year? Oh, a hundred Zion. Yes, that everybody's Agreed. expecting to be a superstar. It's yeah, yeah. Dumb. Who is it? Who is it? Jamarant last, yeah, last, last year. year. Yeah, Even and Jamarant number two team. pick. Dude. And then Luca. The, was it Luca the year before? No, Luca, Luca, won rookie of the year, didn't he? Well, rookie of the year, that's oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so but... let's go into stats. Who's going to lead the team in points, rebounds, and assists this year? Alex, what you got? Assist wise, I had I had Randall <laughs> after the the zero in the um, the Pistons game. Maybe I shouldn't, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick yeah. with that. Um, points, I think, have to go with RJ. I think. Yeah, so I'm going to go in a limb here and go with Randall for rebounds as well. I mean, um, he's led the team the past two years, you know, so... Yeah, yeah again, not 
not going down a limb, but I mean, everybody would think about Mitch, but I'm I, I still, still disappointed about the amount of defensive rebounds that Mitch gets. I think he should get a lot more. He's such a good, he, he, he hunts rebounds so well on the offensive end. I just don't see why he can't replicate it at the other end. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Randall then. That's why Randall gets those rebounds because Mitch is focused on offensive rebounding and on defense, so like protecting the rim. That's why other guys can get those rebounds. So it's part of the job with Mitchell. But it's crazy that he has eleven boards, ten offensive and one defensive. It's like I know it's just well, weird. But I mean, he's, he's not got he's not got that many other aspects to his game that you know he should be, you know, putting his putting his all into into that. You know. I don't see why you can't improve on that end. Yeah, but points, I'll say RJ, rebounds, Randall as well, and assists, I'll say Brunson. So I big gonna, three. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you completely there, Rafa. I think RJ is going to be in the situation to take a lot of shots. He's going to score a lot of points. Randall, I think, is kind of operating more as like a secondary scorer now um, and sometimes a third-level scorer in certain situations. I think Brunson will eventually be kind of like the anchor of the offense to get the assist numbers. And uh, if it was, we were talking offensive rebounds, it'd be Mitch by a landslide, but we are not. Yeah. So I think it'll be uh, Julius probably averaging close to 10 rebounds again, uh, like he has the past couple of years. Uh, so I just quickly, sorry, I was, I was more thinking about the fact that we were re- reducing the, the role that Randall has for, for, for going and getting points. And I was thinking they might try and kind of, Use his passing ability and, and make him more Which makes a lot of sense. No, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the guys average five, six assists per year the past couple of years. I mean, it's not like, again, it's not like an anomaly that he would lead a team yeah. in assists because he's done it, you know. And mm. it all depends on really how much they're like as the year wears down, how much they're really relying on Brunson to be that setup man, you know. So it should be interesting to see how that offense handles here. And, um, one last fun one here, guys. Um, uh, a bold prediction for either the Knicks as a whole or a Knicks player this year. Alex, what you got? I think, is it a bold prediction to say that the Knicks would get straight into the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. Without, everybody playing, says we'll be lucky. With 42 wins? No, no. I mean, I'm wins. just saying, if, 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 if they exceed my expectations in the number of wins, I think that would be a bold prediction to say that they would get straight in. I'll say that the Knicks this year will have two all-star players. That's very Boom. bold. Who are they? <laughs> Jalen and Warre, Warre, I'm assuming? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, here's my bold prediction. Uh, Mitchell Robinson makes an all-defense team this year. Not first team. Mm, you're not, yeah, you're, you're not risking enough. No, I that's not aiming up. No, aim higher. No, no, I, I don't allow it. I don't allow it. It doesn't pass. Aim I was going to say, I thought you're, you, you, you two had made much more bold predictions than mine. I, th- I think that's, I think it's I can give you another one. That. If you want another one. No, yeah, okay. that, that was weak. So, sorry. It. That was. Uh... Cam Reddish gets an extension by the Knicks after this year, and Obi Toppin is traded. That's my other bold prediction. There you go. There you go. I also believe in an Obi trade. Um, <laughs> okay, guys, so that is our predictions for both the NBA and the Knicks. Uh, coming up this week, the Knicks have three games, so they are against Orlando, Charlotte, and uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So, real quickly, uh, how do you guys think the team is going to do this, uh, this week? 
the Hornets are currently 17 points up on a, the Hawks in Atlanta, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people, when all the craziness happened with the Hornets, uh, with uh, Bridges, that, you know, they would just be an absolute mess this year, but they're actually doing pretty well. Orlando, obviously they've got Bankero in. He's looking good as well. But I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not expecting anything from the Bucks game, but I'll, I'm going to go 2-1 this week. Be bold. Yeah. There's a, there's another bold prediction for you. No, I agree. Two and one. I I I've my boldness is is gone out the window. I can't say three and zero. Oh, two and one. Yeah, I'll make it a clean sweep as well. Two and one. I think that we're looking at a team that's going to be competitive against the elite teams in the in the league here. Milwaukee being an elite team in the league and one that can take care of business against inferior teams or developing teams like an Orlando. So yeah, I think two and one uh, sounds that about was right. What we. That was what we were supposed to be last year, but we lost stupid games. So Yeah, that feels like, do... I, I don't know, man. I know I hate to be prisoner of the moment Knicks fan, you know, which I have always been susceptible to being over the years, especially, you know, like last year we started 5-1 and one and you know, we thought everything was great, you know, but I don't know, man. It just feels different. It feels sustainable, you know. It, yeah. the, the offense is clicking. It seems like everybody's bought in. I, I think this team could win – a decent amount of games this year. But that is going to wrap us up for another episode of the Worldwide Knicks Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast, where we tweet during the games and talk about all things orange and blue. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please uh, subscribe if you like the podcast and rate and review our podcast. That really does help us in uh, discoverability of the pod. On behalf of Alex and Rafa, Omar Worldwide Knicks, checking out, and we will see you guys next week. Music.